the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Monsters are stalking through the night. Halloween is the night of fright. Yeah, that's right. It's Halloween. Second biggest spending holiday in the United States. I bet you did not know that. I did not know that. Hi, oh, the Michael Myers mask in Halloween was really a William Shatner mask. Star Trek. Again, hi, oh, let's get into what's happening on Wall Street. It is a third straight down month, and that's spectacular in of itself. October 31st means we got two months left to go. Markets are on board with the Fed's higher for longer policy, it feels like. Which is normal and healthy. The next big move on Wall Street, I believe. Will happen when the Fed starts to hint that they're done and that rates are likely to go down next. Move is up. With that said, sideways can be pretty painful for some people, but to me, sideways is not down. We'll see if I'm right in the next couple of weeks and months. Time will tell. Let's go over what happened yesterday on the markets, and then let's jump into today as fast as we can. NASDAQ was up 1.1% yesterday. S&P 500 up 1.2%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 1.5%. This is a day that, since it is Halloween, companies like Spotify, you'll hear the playlist again and again and again, all wrapped around creepy noises, right? Or Creed, one or the other, whichever is more scary. Nike was up 3.9% yesterday. Uh, That stock's a little too cheap, in my opinion, in the long term. In the short term, I don't know. I'm just not that guy. Biden made some serious AI regulation moves. President Joe Biden issued an executive order on AI yesterday. That is a comprehensive. It's the the first of its kind is probably what I should be saying, right? It's trying to aim to regulate an industry that's been mostly left on its own devices. The big consequences, the developers of future advanced AI models will have to submit safety test results to Uncle Sam to prove they are not a public threat. It'll be a group effort. The National Institute of Standards and Technology will set standards and benchmarks for safety testing, which the Homeland Department, uh, the Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Energy will use to evaluate risk to national security. Department of Labor and the National Economic Council will study ways to mitigate the effects of AI on jobs. Department of Justice will get extra training and tech assistance to investigate cases of algorithmic bias. Landlords, federal benefit programs, and government contractors will receive guidance to ensure they are AI equitable. Wow. 
Didn't think about that one, huh? You can program AI to get smart enough to tell you um, who a bad renter is. And uh, what Biden's administration is saying, that better not be because of the color of their skin. Um, the order is only the starting point that just try to establish some norms. I don't know. I'm going to have to take some time to digest that one. I, to me, that feels underwhelming. Netanyahu said no to a ceasefire. Um, rejecting growing calls for a ceasefire to facilitate the release of more than 200 Israeli hostages held by Hamas or allow more humanitarian aid to reach Palestinians. Apple upgraded its chips yesterday in a meh kind of moment. Uh, they're co- pretty cool chips. I will say that, but this would have been a story 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago. Now it doesn't move the needle. The max with the speeder chips will be available next week. Apple's counting on them to get season as max sales have slumped 7% uh, last quarter. Apple's also making some of their computers cheaper. You know what Bitcoin needs? It needs a killer app. Because I was just uh, trying to noodle that one through yesterday. And the problem is, like, Apple phones didn't become really great until we got into things like Uber and DoorDash. Until we started coming up with apps like Maps to get us around. It's going to take the app community a while to figure out Bitcoin. It needs something. McDonald's is loving the economy's difficult times. More middle and higher incomes went to McDonald's. Lower incomes started to fall away from McDonald's as inflation's taken a bite. McDonald's reported 6.6 billion in global revenue yesterday. 2.3 billion in earnings. That's pretty good margins. McDonald's is gaining market share. People make less than 45000 like I said, pulled back on Big Macs in third quarter, but foot traffic dip was offset by higher menu prices. McDonald's going to raise the price of labor. Uh, well, California's raising the price of labor for fast food to $20 an hour in California next year, and McDonald's said they will raise prices again. So if you want your cheap food, go get it now. Next year, it's going to be a little bit more expensive. Skims. Kim Kardashian's $4 billion underwear company. Um, She debuted a men's collection last week, and the NBA has signed a deal to use them. I'm not furious that she's famous, but it makes all the work that I did to create a high income feel like, oh, good. Sam Bankman-Fried talked to the media a lot, both when he was the face of crypto exchange and then appeared to be thriving. And then after FTX collapsed, testifying for a third day of the criminal fraud trial against him, he mostly claimed not to remember many things he said to reporters when prosecutors brought them up. He's got one more day on the stand, and that's wrap it up. Uh, Too bad we don't have a DraftKings app to say, will he go to jail or will he not go to jail? Because I'm throwing down money. He's going. Another day, another high-profile member of the Billionaires Club. Forbes says Magic Johnson, now worth $1.2 billion. Earlier this week, we, or late last week, we learned Taylor Swift is a million, a, billion, a billionaire. Billionaire. So Magic Johnson is the fourth athlete to cross the nine zeros threshold. 
behind Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Tiger Woods. X is now worth less than half of what Elon Musk paid for it when he bought Twitter. A member employee said the company was valued at $19 billion, 55% less than the $44 billion that Musk shelled out. Colossal, colossal blunder. Sesame Street's getting a makeover next season as its streaming deal with Max ends. The show will switch its format from magazine style to two longer narrative segments and one short animated. I was never a Sesame Street kid. This is a sad moment uh, for me to pass on to you, but I mostly grew up overseas, so I didn't have a lot of TV. It's probably why I'm such a weirdo. I read a lot. Caterpillar has taken some of the air out of the market. The industrial giant topped third quarter consensus revenues and earnings per share, but its guidance, and this is what's important in Wall Street, its guidance to fourth quarter sales are expected to be year ago period has been deemed disappointing. I own shares of Caterpillar for one reason, one reason only the dividend. It will be one of the stocks that pays me a dividend when I retire. <clears throat> Consultant broker Rogers, we can actually start several months on the show. Bank Span took a uh, less hawkish than feared approach in tweaking its yield curve control policy. The tweak is at the upper end of 1% for 10 year yields. <clears throat> it's going to be a reference point versus a strict cap. A lot of a lot of um, World Bank issues going on this week. And Thursday, we get Apple shares. And Friday, we get a jobs report. This is a big week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, big week of economic data. I'm Rob Black. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Everyone loves a good haunted house on Halloween. Did you know... The White House is haunted. Probably the most famous address in the United States. Most common ghost sighting is of Abraham Lincoln, who was spotted by First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt, Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands, and Sir Winston Churchill all saw Abraham Lincoln. Other paranormal guests include Andrew Jackson, David Burns, and Abigail Adams. I know you're saying... Fun fact, Rob. Fun fact. Tell us about the stock markets. Um, okay, okay, okay. Um, Mark Cuban said some interesting things recently. He was being interviewed. And I kind of like Mark Cuban, um, especially for a show like this, because I think he's, uh, I don't want to say on to something, because that's the wrong thing to say. I, I don't think he's deranged as a billionaire. And I've seen some billionaires, and I'm looking at you, Elon Musk, who've just, the money's made them strange. Mark Cuban underlined the role of luck becoming ultra-wealthy. He called for the super-rich to pay higher taxes. He revealed how he would make money from scratch during an episode of Wired's Tech Support, released last week. It's podcast. I highly recommend one of the things that he said was the reality is in order to become a billionaire, the one thing you have to have is luck. Any billionaire who tells you they could just do it again. Nope. You have to be lucky. I kind of agree. I, I see where he's coming from. There's a better way of saying that. Billionaires should pay more in taxes, according to him. And let's see why he says that, because that's the, the fact people like Elon Musk are 
pretty big opponents of, no, that's not fair. He said, I would not be in this position within without this country because nothing happens. It's great, whether it's healthcare, teachers, roads, you name it, without people paying their taxes. It may be painful when you write that big check, but just think about how you got there. One of the most patriotic things you can do when you're wealthy is pay your taxes. Every billion dollar industry benefited from the U.S. government doing research and making that research free to the public. I can give you one great example of the Internet. Without the United States Army um, working on the Internet as a form of communication, potentially during like a worst case scenario environment in the world, there would be no Amazon and there would be no uh, broadcast.com, which Mark Cuban started and sold it to Yahoo for, I think, $3 billion. Without the United States government essentially creating GPS, there would be no DoorDash. There'd be no maps. There'd be no killer apps for Apple phones. So he thinks that we owe it to our country to pay our taxes, and I agree. Um, interesting. He was asked the question, what would you do if you only had $500 a phone in six months to make as much money as possible? Sounds like the reporter only has $500 a phone, and in six months they want to make as much money as possible. Seems like the motivation for that uh, question, right? He said, I'm really, really, really good at sales. I'm going to find a sales job. I'm going to learn more about that industry than anybody on the planet. I'm going to set up a commission as high as I possibly can. And three months in, when I've demonstrated that I'm the best salesperson in the history of that company, I'm going to walk into my boss's office and I'm going to tell him or her, you're either going to pay me this amount of money to keep me or I'm going to start my own business selling this stuff. That's exactly what I would do. Everything always goes back to sales no matter what with Mark Cuban. I kind of like that. He's not saying he's going to be an influencer. He's saying, I would learn one product and I would sell it and I would sell it so well that the owner of that company would either pay me what I want or I'd start my own version of it. That's advice I would give to my kids. He had an interesting comment about kids. Listen to this. He says, Alexa has so many capabilities and so many people have them. but They have no idea how to use any of the programming or scripting capabilities. He says, you should go and start a business where you go into your neighbors, car dealerships, businesses, houses, show them for 50 bucks an hour or more how to use their Alexa in their homes to save energy, to save time in their businesses. The same thing is happening with large language models like Chat. There's new features coming out in ChatGPT and its competitors every single month. So if you can get involved and stay ahead, you're going to be the person in demand. Selling your services on how to prompt ChatGPT to help businesses or even to tutor kids on how to best use it for school. He's a smart man. Um, he talked about NFTs. He goes, the NFT market sucks. You know how many other industries have sucked? There was a time after the internet stock market crashed where Amazon was selling for $5 a share. Microsoft was selling for hundreds of what it's selling for now. I'm not going to tell you what you should or shouldn't do other than to say with NFTs, the best time to buy is when you're a collector and you love the NFT. Don't buy to speculate. You know what happens to speculators? 
They get their butt handed to them. Someday you're going to turn around and say to yourself, I should have bought these damn NFTs when they were selling for next to nothing. I guess he kind of likes the market on NFTs. And um, I don't know. I, I guess I could be convinced on that one. The thing I like about NFTs are non-fungible tokens. If Taylor Swift were to come out with one, I would probably say that's going to be collectible. But if you get like a dog smoking marijuana, I'm going to say that one's probably not going to be collectible. So anyhow, that's some quotes from Mark Cuban's recent appearance on Wired Magazine's podcast called Tech Support. I think he's worth You know what's also kind of nice about him? He actually responds to real people. I know that sounds odd, but I think it's kind of cool. Um, I don't like that CNBC's pushing uh, Investment Club with Jim Cramer. It's really expensive. It's multiple hundreds of dollars. I just don't see how that that seems unattractive for a news station to be doing that. Uh, on top of it, I, I don't. It seems like it's taking advantage of people. Sixty-two percent of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. How's that for the American nightmare on Halloween? Number of Americans who say they're stretched too thin has shown no signs of improvement amid high prices and higher interest rates. Fed Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said inflation is too high. One bright spot: some online savings account rates are now paying more than five percent, which is the most savers have been able to earn nearly two decades. I like stories like that. Let's take a quick look at what's happening with the markets. Rising treasury yields, weak mega cap stocks, digesting this morning's data, and a batch of mixed earning news. Um, let's see, I'm looking at Caterpillar. They're down 5% today. I'm running out of time. Dang it. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Yesterday, I spent some time looking at some ETFs that are kind of on the sexy side. A lot of people ask me about my 401k and how do I spice it up? And I don't. My 401 allocation is probably the most uh, vanilla that you can have. If I wanted to, I could buy some of these AIs, ETFs. That might be an idea. Or a robotic ETF. Or a tech ETF. If I wanted that growthiness. But I kind of want my 401k to be my boring stuff. I kind of refer to it as functional in the way that um, and this only works for, uh, I guess women in this example, kind of have to have some not sexy underwear to go with your sexy underwear. Cause you can't be sexy all the time. Uh, and I, I men just don't have sexy underwear. Otherwise I'd use men as the example. Um, you have to have what are called granny panties. Like, and for me, that's the 401k. It's the vanilla. It's dull. It's meant to be. But let me give you some ideas on some of the ETFs out there that I was looking at yesterday. 
artificial intelligence to robotics are not new. We've been talking about artificial intelligence for the past 12 to 18 months now. And we've been talking about robotics for easily years. And what Tesla's factories making their cars are so different than GM, Ford, and Stellantis is they have a lot more robotics. And that means they have a lot lower cost structure over time because you don't have to pay people pensions or 401ks. You don't have to pay their FICA taxes. The robots don't need any of that. So ChatGPT, I think we're all going to know like that's going to be the sexy AI investment. We'll know NVIDIA. Meta Platforms has taken a kind of weird approach to it, but maybe it'll work. Who's going to be the winner? And that's why you would go with maybe an ETF. Um, the AI industry is expected to surge from about $197 billion this year to $1.8 trillion by the year 2030, representing a wild compound annual rate of 37%. Thus, if you get into the right type of ETF, you don't have to have the winner if the whole group is surging. Industrial robots have a much tamer number tied to them. But it ain't bad either. They're estimated to swell from $30 billion to more than $60 billion in the same time frame. And if you ever get bored, go to YouTube and type in industrial robots. And you'll see there's some amazing advances. Shall we play a game? No. Um, so what are some ETFs? These are exchange-traded funds. Sometimes there are 10, 15, 20 stocks put into a group, and you own them all. There's one called Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF. It's going to cost you 68 basis points to own. That's $68 annually for every $10,000 invested. Ticker symbol is AIQ, AIQ. And I wouldn't mind if my kids were to say, hey, dad, buy me something sexy in my <clears throat> in my stock account. I'd consider this. It's got consumer-focused AI stocks like Meta, Microsoft, and Apple. It's got back-end services like Salesforce and Oracle. It's got hardware manufacturers like NVIDIA and Intel. It's got a heavy tilt towards the mega cap. That's one of the negatives. Two thirds of the fund is US based in nature, but it also holds stocks from 10 different countries, including China, which is 9% of the stock holdings, Ireland, 4% and South Korea, 4%. That's why it's going to cost you 68 basis points. Again, 68 basis points to give you an idea, you can put $10,000 invested. It's going to cost you $68 annually. So it better go up more than 1% per year. There's a robo, robo, robot, a robo global artificial intelligence ETF. Same thing, 68 basis points. Ticker symbol is THNQ, THNQ. 62% of its money is in the infrastructure of robots, including businesses ranging from big data to cloud providers and semiconductor manufacturers. 37% is in applications and services, which hit e-commerce, consulting services, factory automation, and more. 
Microsoft is no doubt considered more than an AI leader than it has ever since launching its ChatGPT-powered Bing AI in early 2023. Shopify heavily uses artificial intelligence to personalize web experiences. Fair Isaac uses AI to power its credit scoring as well as predicative analytics models. There's a Robo Global Robotics and Automation Index. It's an ETF. Now, I've given you two already. I'm going to give you a third. I want to know in all three. And if I have 100% of my wealth out there, I wouldn't put more than 5% in any ETF and maybe 7% in any theme. The Robo Global Robotics and Automation Index it's got a word in there that I like. Global. It divides its stocks into applications and technologies. So 59% of the holdings are in applications. 41% are in technologies. That's computing, processing, and AI as a subgroup. There's healthcare and logistics. There's manufacturing and industrial. There's one company that we've talked about in the past called Intuitive Surgical. It allows doctors to do incredibly complicated surgeries with robotic precision in your body. You have a doctor with shaky hands. You don't want to be anywhere near your heart valves. Swiss automated storage and retrieval specialist, Cardex. Japanese robotic leader, Phonak, F-A-N-U-C. You see plenty of international stocks in the ticker Robo, ticker symbol R-O-B-O. Because of the international exposure, it has almost 1% in fees, 95 basis points. Again, this is an area that's going to far outpace the S&P 500. It's going to far outpace any industry in the United States when you think of like retail, technology as a group, finance, healthcare. So if you go this direction... You're probably going to get outperformance over the long term. Over the short term, you might get underperformance and big time. We have a ton of money sitting in treasuries right now and bonds that at some point in time will probably roll back into the stock market. And people will say, what sort of return do I want? Some people will say S&P 500. Some people will say I want to own financial. Some people will say healthcare. Some people will say I want to own robotics and artificial intelligence. Is this right for you? I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but again, the statistics that I started the segment with tells me the group is going to grow fast. And instead of trying to bet on one winner, if you get it wrong, uh-oh, you bet on a whole sector. The AI industry is expected to surge from $197 billion in revenue this year to $1.8 trillion by 2030. That's seven years from now, representing a wild annual compound rate of 37%. Historically, the uh, S&P 500 gets about 10% plus dividends, sometimes 8% plus dividends of about 2%. So if I were to compare AI, AI is going to grow at 37%. Historically, the S&P 500 is 8 to 12%. Same thing with robotics. It's got a healthy um, annual growth rate, compounded annual growth rate. Um, 
but there's robotics are a little bit less sexy. So if I were to say for my kids, I'd probably go AI. For me, I might go a little AI, a little robotics. Anyhow, this is not investment advice. This is consultant broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on this show. I don't know you. Um, but that's how I use ETFs. I also use ETFs, I guess, in like S&P 500. So I'm not just saying they're, they're my focus sex appeal. Uh, I like ETFs more than mutual funds because they're more tax efficient. <clears throat> and there's not a race to zero, but you can get some ETFs that pay literally three cents or three basis points. 100 basis points is 1%. Three basis points on your investment is a steal. That's why I think cost and housing have to come down because cost and stock market have come down. Um, oh, of which Biden has put a target on retirement accounts and junk fees. They're next to get cleaned up by his administration, which I think is probably a good thing. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Don't be shy about reaching out. My easier email on air, rob at robblackshow.com. That's rob at robblackshow.com. I'm working on a blog for 2024. I've got some new podcast ideas uh, as a theme, as a limited 10 volume set, never to be released on radio. You got to sign up for news and events at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. And you'll be emailed when those new products come out. Find me online at robblackshow.com. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You want to see a direct cause of inflation and how it's spooktacular? Raw sugar's up 50% from last year. Candies made with chocolate have it even worse. Heavy rains and rot-causing disease in West Africa, which accounts for two-thirds of the world's cocoa bean harvest. Every havoc on the crops this year. Futures for the commodity up 67% year over year. That's a lot. That's enough to scare me. So if you've seen a big bag of candy, and you know what I'm talking about, a big bag of candy, go into a Safeway at Costco. Go to Costco if you can. Big bag of candy at Costco is $17. Big bag of candy to give out to kids is $25 to $35 per bag. Ouch. That makes me feel like one for you and one for you. I'm not going to be take as many as you want, kids. Daddy's going bankrupt today. Um, I know you're saying, please don't ever use the word daddy on your show. Refer to yourself. I won't use daddy. I promise. And I won't use big dog. I promise until, well, I don't. The only thing I promise on the show, if you pay attention and listen, I'll do my very best to find content for you to make you financially richer. Um, that's important to me. Some things that I probably should hit is the stock market. Let's see. What is that? Uh, okay. Okay. I'm seeing that. Um, China, Chinese factory activity fell back into contraction during October and expansion in the services sector unexpectedly eased, indicating the economy remains very fragile in China. We want China to do well. We don't want them to do too well. We want them to do well. Because they buy a lot of our goods and we buy a lot of what they manufacture. If their manufacturing is contracting, it's telling you they're not sending much stuff out. 
X, the social media platform known as Twitter, is now worth less than half of what Elon Musk paid for it a year ago. Conference board consumer confidence data topped expectations, but all eyes are going to be on the Federal Reserve tomorrow. Caterpillar topped earnings, but said next quarter, not so much, not so great. Wall Street doesn't care what you've done in the past. They care about the future. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Wall Street's a discounting mechanism on the future, not a discounting mechanism on the past. Sam Bankman-Fried is probably on his last day of testimony. And he is a wordy, I I, I curse here, but I'm not going to. Uh, He's a wordy dude. In Vegas, some celebrity chefs are going to be charging $11,000 during the F1 uh, race, races, it's three or four days of races. So I, I guess it's races. It's Las Vegas Grand Prix in November. You got $11,000 for a dinner. Wow. The Bellagio Fountain Club. Uh, that would be, how shall we say, good eating. I don't think, I'm not going to say if I had all the money in the world, I want to pay for it. But I don't know at what level of money would I say I'd pay $11,000 for one meal when I could feed a village. That's, I'm not going to say upsetting to me. It just seems wrong. I know you're saying, judgy, Rob, judgy. Markets started the day off higher, but have since worked lower. But they're kind of close to break even. In fact, right now, they all are break even. As I said that, they all just went into the green. Uh, the Nasdaq's up five. The Dow's up six. SP 500 up seven. I've never seen that. That was weird. Five, six, seven. Um, but the Nasdaq's up the least. The SP 500's up the most. Uh, Disney and DeSantis still doing their thing. Um, Bud Light's parent stock rises amidst a million dollar buyback. That doesn't seem like a lot, does it? No, no, it's a billion dollar buyback. The headline was incorrect going to be executed over the next 12 months. Bank of America analysts said, while the move is not large, it was not expected. The company is also purchasing up to $3 billion worth of bonds. So taking on some debt to buy back some shares. The marketing campaign with transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney sparked a widespread boycott at Bud Light. A U.S. volume growth continues to drag down its performance. Its U.S. revenue dropped 13.5% as sales to wholesalers dropped 17.6%. Really makes marketers and corporations think twice on what they're putting out to the public. Um, I'm not offended by much. I'm not offended by that ad campaign. Um. I kind of live by a mantra to each their own and I have kids. Um, I guess when it crosses into my, Oh, did you know I learned something? Uh, I learned there's a new one out there. Uh, transnational where you have American parents, for instance, but you think you're Japanese. Isn't that a new one? And are we going to have to recognize it or is it proper to recognize I just said to each their own. Um, but I do know um, one person who's transnational and her parents are both 
American U.S. citizens. She's a U.S. citizen, but she grew up with a love affair of Japan, and she identifies as Japanese. She speaks fluent Japanese. She's been to Japan, but that's a new one. Let's see, but is there a theme going on today? And I'm not really seeing one. Uh, let's take a quick look at the Russell 2000s up. That's nice to see a little bit of winners in a sector that's been a loser. Oil's at $83 a barrel. So remember when it was at 95, it went from 65 to 95 really fast. It's kind of calmed down. 30. 10-year treasury sits at 4.85. That's an area where we could get a rally. But October's over. That's three down months. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. I will uh, try to engage your content and work it into the show. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 